kids. Ridiculous. Yeah, we're all sitting out on Greg's front lawn with a dozen dirty magazines <laughs> just sprawled out everywhere, and we're laughing. You didn't realize how bad it was. Oh, and Greg's mom? Remember her face when she came out and saw us reading that shit? <laughs> and she scooped it up so fast. And then she called my mom. Kelly and I got the sex ed talk the next day. I got one, too. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Back in the car. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. It can look like anyone, but there's only one of it. Help! Help! everybody welcome into another bonus episode of film tank on this episode we will be discussing the new and somewhat popular horror film that was released uh, wide just a week ago entitled it follows uh, it's a technically 2014 horror movie directed by david robert mitchell and i'll get more into that uh, description here in just a minute first I'd like to introduce everybody to the panelists on today's show including nick cheney Yes, hello. Oh, that was interesting. Excuse me. I that was weird. I almost burped. That, it, it was weird because like he almost burped, but it sounded like there was an echo that came up with the burp. How do you do that? I don't really know because that was why I just stopped talking too. Okay. I felt something happening and it took precedent over any uh, greeting that I had in mind. Well, it was terrific because it was like, oh, hello, hello, hello. It was weird. It was great. Now the listeners can, uh, yeah, that's that's it's a bonus episode now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? Okay. I'm sorry. My body is getting weird. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about bodies later in this review. Um, not necessarily Nick's. Uh, the other uh, other two panelists are Toussaint Egan. Hey, what's up, guys? And Kenny Marcellus. What up? Again, I am Alex Steekman, your host. Uh, you can find Nick on Twitter at Nick J. Cheney. Toussaint is at the Saint of Toussaint, so you probably want to just search Toussaint Egan. That'll probably be easier. <laughs> uh, Kenny Marcellus is WhiteLimo61, and I am Alex underscore Diekman. Jumping right into the film we're talking about, again, the 2014 horror film It Follows. The film really got popular at the uh, Connor Can. I always forget how to pronounce it. Film Festival. Uh, Con, I think. Okay. So it, the Con Film Festival is really first got noticed. Uh, it got purchased by a uh, subsidiary of the uh, the Weinstein Company and then got released. Wait, I thought this was a Sundance movie. It is not. I, I oh. thought so, too. It, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I also thought the same yeah. thing. And when I researched last night, it was actually uh, it got noticed at Con last year. Then I've mm. seen other news outlet reporting it wrong because I've literally taken this from headlines. Do well, you guys? Or did I'm not it, talking about you. I'm talking about the actual like places. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did it? It might not have premiered at Sundance, but did it show at Sundance? I think what I think may have happened, and uh, this is just me just thinking about this. I um, think that it may have been one of those films that was showed at Sundance, but was not technically listed as like an entrant into the Sundance Film Festival. Kind of like last year, you were saying to me uh, a while ago that the Grand Budapest Hotel was shown at the 2014 festival, but it wasn't like an entrant or something like well, that. Well, I think it was rumored what happened was there was a special movie that was going untitled. It was literally just called The Letter X, I think, or okay. something like that. And everybody was trying to figure out what it would be, and it was not obviously being entered into the competition, but it ended up being Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac. Oh, so, but the, 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 um, the Grand Budapest was the other rumored film that it was yes. maybe going to be. Right. Okay. It, was, it was that or maybe a untitled Scorsese Prize. Like, obviously, people were really grasping at, like, who's would be so big mm-hmm. that they could do it like that, but it was Frontier's Nymphomaniac. When it premiered, it was it was actually titled Nymphomaniac, or was it called the letter X? No, no. It when it like when they actually watched it, obviously Nymphomaniac comes on the screen. Right. It's just it was going under the code name of X, so that okay. way you just had to show up and get uh, subjected to that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like going to sometimes there are like 
rock concerts or some sort of where you yeah. you don't know who's going to be on the bill and then right. oh lo and behold it ends up being metallica playing at the metro like yep. well this is fucking awesome <laughs> yes. gets to be those lucky people yeah. yeah and of course that way you can also throw it to a test audience and just see how people who have obviously are not a bunch of your fans or something like that necessarily and just see how it works that's if really you, smart if you were an unsuspecting audience and you got slapped in the face with nymphomaniac slapped in the face my biggest <laughs> my biggest question is that i don't know if they had to watch both volumes or just one of them because that would be I think it was just volume one. I was going to say, volume one is way more... um, Playful? Well, playful is a word to put it. I feel like uh, it would be easier for people to digest volume one, where volume two goes a little deeper. If I recall uh, correctly, it was just volume one. Okay. Especially because that's what obviously drummed up anticipation to go see it in theaters when you could absolve both volumes if it was near you. Yeah, Nymphomaniac Volume 2, it goes a little little deeper figuratively and literally, and it is just... It's uh, it's something. Tucson, mm-hmm. you haven't seen that yet, have you? No, unfortunately one of, not. One of these days, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah one have of these I, days. I haven't seen it yet either. Oh boy, oh, it's on yet. Netflix. Um, I know what we're I... doing for our next episode. <laughs> oh God, please and don't. The uh, director's cut is also on Netflix, and I would probably discourage anybody uh, from seeing that unless you want to see. There is a there's like a self abortion scene in that, isn't there? There is. I've like seen that? it. Is it, that it the you scene did you did watch me? it? Okay, I watched the scene. Okay. Because I was curious. And um, I, I, it wasn't as bad as it was made out to be, was it? I don't think anything ever is. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, when you have something like that built up in your head, you just start to. I You're would d- say this there's way more shots of just her face reacting okay. to what she's doing than there is of, obviously. But a, a coat hanger is, with a fetus on it or anything. This like is Von Trier, so naturally there are going to be uh, a few shots that would make anybody squirm if, uh, if they did not know what they were getting into. Really selling the director's cut. It's on Netflix right now. Hey, it's. I actually would encourage the director's cut simply because it adds my favorite part of the movie, which is just the digressions of uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character. There's a lot more of him hmm. just going off on his little tangents that I ate up and I loved. All right, very good. And speaking of getting off on tangents, we've done that a little bit here. So let's bring it back to the actual movie we're talking about, which is 2014's It It Follows, a horror movie that was really only supposed to get a limited release, and it got pushed from a limited release to almost a full-on wide release within a week, which was unprecedented especially for a horror movie in the middle of march Mm -hmm. uh it's directed by david robert mitchell he is getting lots of praise from uh critics and fans alike and the film stars i'm gonna get a lot of these names wrong but that's okay it stars um mike micah monroe micah monroe is it micah i don't know micah micah monroe she is the main character playing jay height or heat Uh, i don't know i don't think they ever really say yeah her, her first name is jay so we'll call her that also, Lily Seppe, Olivia Lucardi, Keir Gilchrist, and David Zovato. They are the five main characters in the film. If you don't know anything about it, and uh, you'd like to know a little description, from IMDb, the uh, description right now up there says, 19-year-old Jay, autumn should only be about school, boys, and weekends at the lake. But after a seemingly innocent sexual encounter, she finds herself plagued by strange visions and the inescapable sense that someone or something is following her. So that is basically the story. There's more to it than that. But if you're looking for a plotline description, that's a pretty good job. Um, So this film definitely got a little bit of an interesting reaction out of a couple different of the panelists uh, here as... I know Toussaint definitely loved it because uh, he's one of the reasons why this episode ended up even getting made because he was, hey, dude, these, this was awesome. This was fucking awesome, guys. We need to do an episode on this. This was awesome. Maybe not in those exact words. But... Um, if you want me to pull up the text, it was actually pretty close to that. Sure, why not? So Pretty close. The, pretty close. <laughs> the rest of us, after hearing this, decided let's let's do an episode on it. And I was already kind of wanting to see it anyway, so we went to see it. Um, Dude, I wasn't even going to go. I dragged my <laughs> ass out to the theater based on your reaction. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I'm interested to hear exactly what you guys want to say. I will say, just right off the bat before we even come around back to me, I guess, I was the only panelist who did not like this movie, and I actually despise this movie. So uh, I guess we'll start with Nick, as we usually do, and we'll work our way back around to me so I can build up all the rage that I have for this movie. <laughs> 
Yeah, I cannot fathom that, but obviously we'll <laughs> we'll talk about that. When Everybody's we get to entitled to their own opinion. There's no, they're entitled to their opinion, but okay. just not when they're wrong. Okay. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> See, that's how I feel about the two of you right now. So that's yeah, okay. Well, okay. Um, no, I first to give a little context. I don't like horror movies uh, pretty much at all. Um, but weirdly, some of my favorite films are horror films. So let me explain that a little bit. I I hate especially modern horror films that just rely on jump cups and torture porn and just things that lack actual substance and just completely forego any cinematic tendencies. Um, but if you look at some of my favorite films, uh, The Shining, Alien, I mean, these are films that are, by the books, horror films. Master's attention. Exactly. Uh, but they're more concerned with, like, psychological dread. So having said that, and as far as where my horror influence lies, that's why I absolutely loved It Follows. It it is not your typical modern horror film, it's, especially it's actually not even that modern. It literally does feel like the uh, from the John Carpenter mm-hmm. era, both with the score and the visuals. That opening scene, first of all, is fantastic, where you see the, the one girl. Now, I yeah. actually did, because I, I said I tried to come in this somewhat prepared, so I didn't sound like a complete fucking buffoon, because <laughs> I did like it, so I wanted to have something. I found out, I thought, and I thought we discussed it, that the girl in the first scene was her friend throughout the film. And it's not. It's it's just a random girl who yeah, is not yeah. anywhere in the movie. Yes, it is just a random girl. Um, I just wanted to make sure I clarified that because yes. I, we had talked about it, and that was one of the things I said I actually liked about it, so I have to pull one more thing away. Uh, <laughs> um, no, and you just see this random girl run out, and it's all one shot, too, because the camera is just doing a, like a, a 180. circle. 180, yes, yeah. um, on an axis. And, and it's just great because we moved horror back to the suburbs and not into these, you know, ridiculous... Uh, Industrial areas. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So, once again, the, the horror is right kind of like in on your, on your home front because mm-hmm. these are the people that are going to see horror movies and whatnot. And at the end of the day, what I like most about this is that it took the horror genre and it just stripped, of, it, uh, stripped it of all of its parts. It just got down to the basic, essential things of what's scary. And that's just looking over your shoulder, getting paranoid that that the monster that is scaring you, you know, can look like you or can look like you or even like yourself or something like that. And instead of going high concept with like a, you know, with a ghost or things that are so obviously monsters that they kind of loop around to being like comedic, that it just, it rings it in and it just, I don't know, it's just, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Not because I was like jumping out of my seat at certain right. scenes, but because of the way it just sat with me and I just started to mm-hmm. look in the background because that's the other thing. The use of deep focus in this film is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many scenes when characters are walking, you can see background players and I think that's a litmus test for how into this film uh, you are. If you're watching these scenes and you're not looking at the background to see if you can spot the monster in every scene, then you're just not on this film's wavelength. Yeah, I I watch movies and I'm I'm not that person, and and I found myself in every scene looking in the background and what was yep. going on around the focus of the shot. I was constantly looking at what else was going on, and that opening scene it it sets the pace so much in that it it, it has this element of intrigue, and you don't know what's happening, and it 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 just it sets that level of of, of horror. At such a high level to begin with, and then it, before you know anything about the movie, because I went into it, didn't know anything about it, didn't look, yep. didn't read anything, mm-hmm. knew nothing about it. I had no idea what was going on, and and it had me gripped yep. right right from the get go. Yeah. Yep. And then another thing I want to say is that how it's a. Uh, as I was talking before about how like it's stripping the horror genre down to its parts, another great trope that it basically. Uh, it just dialed up to 11 is, you know, the, uh, premarital sex. I was going to say, yeah, where the, where the hot cheerleader has sex and then she's the first one killed that it literally stops short of that. And it just stretches that into the entire premise. Um, but I will say this film for me, at least is not perfect. I don't think the last, 30 minutes are as strong as the first hour. Um, That seems to me from reviews I read, even people who gave this film like a, 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 whether they gave it a letter grade of an A or a four out of five or a three and a half out of four, mostly everybody thought the last 20 minutes were a little weak. It it was clear that once he got 
the most mileage he could out of this premise, then he kind of thought that there had to be a climax, which I'm not even convinced that there had to be, but unfortunately he went with it anyway. I'm not even convinced there was, so... I... Well, there literally is. I mean, the, the pool scene is the definition of, uh, you know, yeah. like a climax. If, if, and, if you want to talk about a poorly done climax... Right, that's well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. It's not as interesting as what came before, but as far as story beat, if you break down the story, that is uh, the... the because so, then there's still a denouement after as far as what's going to happen. Beautifully shot, though. That was the other thing. This is, the score is amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, it oh. is shot. Oh, my God. Every shot in this film, like even when people are just walking, like it's just gorgeous. And I, I don't want to hog, so I'm, I'll pass it on. But in general, I, I love this movie, and I'm not even a fan of horror films. Well, Ken, Kenny, I, I know Tucson has a lot to say, and I, and I want to get to you, but Kenny jumped in with a little comments on what nick was talking about so let's start with you since you already kind of jumped off where you wanted to begin what more do you have to say about this movie at least to start with in regards to the score the the soundtrack or just just overall or you could talk about the score too i mean the score is the the one thing about this movie that i all the way was totally yeah well to me watching this movie um i for sure with this film was was 110 percent on board in the first hour and 20 minutes and 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 the strongest thing about it to me was was the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This was such a throwback, vintage feeling horror film that it just had me gripped. If if not for anything else, simply because of the soundtrack, it it, it felt like everything from from the glory days of. If you ask anybody what their favorite scary movies are, and and they are all going to come from the seventies and eighties, this was hit that on the head mm-hmm. and and I fucking fell in love with it and and yeah the as far as the plot goes it had me like I said 110% on board and then it trailed off at the end and and the only reason I would kind of give my score any kind of knock is was the final 20 minutes half hour they kind of lost me but um soundtrack wise this was it was strong yeah. you guys are you guys are starting to get me thinking about putting it ahead of jupiter ascending in my rankings for this year so awesome I, good i would hope so yeah <laughs> and i was a fan of i was jupiter gonna say ascending. you you actually really like jupiter ascending. jupiter ascending is like a glorious mess like if somebody doesn't <laughs> if somebody doesn't like that film that just makes sense but yeah, yeah. i don't know when, when we left the theater alex i had mentioned to you that this as far as i am concerned um, and, and I don't see every horror film that comes out. I, I know I claim to be a, a horror fan, but I don't see all of them that come out. Yeah. This, to me, in the last 10, 15 years, was the best horror film I've seen. I'm not saying this is the best horror film I've ever seen, but I know you kind of took that in a strong way. But I did. Um, I mean, honest to God, I, I would challenge you. What horror films have come out in the last 10, 15 years that were better? I don't see that many horror films at all. Kind of like Nick, I am not a huge fan of the horror genre whatsoever. Other than the Saw films, I've seen very few textbook horror movies in even, the theater. Those the, even shouldn't count. Yeah, I was just saying, like okay. I don't know that that's horror. The, the, the only true horror movie that I have actually liked that I've seen in the theater in the last 10 years was Quarantine. I don't know if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. And it not that it was a great film or anything like that, but I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the premise, and I enjoyed the steps that were taken because not that that film did anything necessarily different than other films like it did, but I felt like it was a little clever how every single part was set up in that film. But we don't have to go too far into it. Right. I, I, I could understand why you, you're saying that because horror is not a genre that overly gets publicized in the theater. Like People go to see horror movies in groups because they want to be scared, and that is something yeah. that the theater is great for. But I feel like lots of horror movies get made on television. It's like or... a roller coaster kind of experience. People want to people go to a film and go, like, "Oh man, it's going to be so scary. Insidious 3, man, it's going to blow your mind." It's like, "But this is like I love this film. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold back we, on that." We we know you do. I, we f- we feel the table rising right now. So <laughs> David James Mitchell is a guy who gets it. And I know that David Robert Mitchell, by David the way. Robert Mitchell is like, <laughs> let's just let, da- let's just not let you start off on a David shitty start. Already. Robert Mitchell is a guy who gets it in that. This is a guy who obviously has done his homework. This is a guy who loves horror films, not for the gore, not for just like the, uh, the, the money shots of, of people getting split apart and like a monster just lumbering, but actually 
pays attention to the visual cinematic language of horror films and knows how to capitalize on and integrate that into his own film. Like, I'm just in awe of the cinematography of this film. I am in awe of the sound design for this film because that's the true strength of a horror film. It's these audible cues that actually, like, puts us in tandem with the empathy of, of another character on screen. We are aware of the presence and the menace of it, of the, of the creature, before Jay or anyone else is. There's been so many times where we have to basically hang on the edge of our seat waiting for what will, what will happen. And I've never been disappointed by a scene from this film. I've gone to go see it um, once now. I've, I've, I've gone to go see it twice. I was going to say, you're talking like a big game. I've been seeing no, this no, no. once already. No, and it's, yeah, it's great. No, I, I, I've, I've already seen it. Uh, twice now, yeah, so, yeah. so much. I've, I've gone to so, see it twice now. I went to see Chappie twice, so I mean, everyone's got their faults. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever, man. Anyway, <laughs> going back to the uh, the the soundtrack for this uh, for this movie, it is exceptional. It is absolutely awesome. It's from one of my favorite uh, chip tune uh, electronic uh, artists, uh, Disaster Piece. And what's even more awesome about this soundtrack is that it was supposed to be created in under a year. It had to be created in under a month. Because this film actually hit like the uh, the festival track, and before that, they just had like um, temporary files that he did for other video games and a couple of uh, John Carpenter cues. So the fact that he was able to rope this the score together and integrate it so well into the film is just and the, virtuosic. The simplicity of the I soundtrack it, it's it's just got that almost like a '80s synthesized, just stripped back, basic feel. John Carpenter would be proud. Yeah, John Carpenter should see this film. I actually, how much I love this soundtrack. I actually ordered the vinyl of this soundtrack. Holy shit, man! Two days after. Wow, you yeah. are a fan. Yeah, <laughs> this soundtrack is banging. I feel like if you set up your house at Halloween, yeah, this would be what you would put on outside as kids are coming to your door, yeah. trick or treating. This would be the soundtrack you put on in your front yard. Kenny and I were discussing how this felt the soundtrack throughout the film felt like walking around Six Flags Great America during Fright Fest mm-hmm. yeah. and the the Halloween theme is playing on a constant loop pretty much yeah. throughout the day where you know you're hearing because for the most part there are lots of different beats mm-hmm. but if you go back and listen to them the they're the very yeah, yeah and it's just, you're hearing the same thing over and over but you're, you're hearing those different cues and seeing different images mm-hmm. and they're pulling different things from it which I feel like it does work at something like Fright Fest where they have people dressed up, they have haunted houses, mm-hmm. things happen, you know, there's smoke at night, things like that. So I feel like that was the closest thing I could bring this film. It's not even a film, so that's saying a lot about right. this yeah. film's score that I could compare it to something it's, outside of the world of film. It's very, very immersive. And just going back to the overall construction of this film and just the visuals alone, this isn't a film, like I've seen a lot of 80s revivalist like period films like i've seen like uh that that black pyramid film that was com- that came out a couple of years ago it was like uh some horror film and this is not a film that slavishly tries to emulate the the visual nuances of the carpenter era or the the cronenberg era of like high high like horror this is a film that is able to create almost like this it's it's hard to place where this film takes place because it's kind of like a pseudo alternate present day where you have a girl who's like reading off of like a tablet seashell thing and yet they're all watching like black and white films on CRTVs. But then you kind of like rope it into the fact that this takes place in Detroit and I don't want to make any insinuations about Detroit, but who knows? I feel like it's quite flourishing and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's 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 um it's it's a film. It's a film that's like indebted to the past, yes, and yet stuck in the present. Yes, right? absolutely. I feel like what you're saying about the kids having the like clamshell mm-hmm. cell phone and watching old movies, that's definitely at least for me. I feel like a comment on children today, where they are into older things and they are into vintage things, but at the same time, yeah. all, they pull out these clamshell phones they're like is that like a toy from mcdonald's from yeah. when the flintstones movie came out with john goodman what the fuck yeah. is that shit and yeah. just like a horror movie <laughs> like they also don't learn 
from watching you know the old horror films mm-hmm, like right. they make every mistake in the book like um there are plenty of scenes where jay will think the monster's gone so then she'll crawl up to whatever space she has right. to whether it's like the hole in the door or the edge of a swimming pool to see if they're still there and it's like of course they're still there but they have to you know crawl so it's like as much as they they think that they're cool and hipster you know by like watching these black and white horror films you know like they're just as stupid as any character in a horror film like when they were in the um when jay and her date were in the theater and there was the uh the woman who was playing like the uh the old timey like the uh, organ yeah because that was great because it reminded me of the arcada downtown st charles because they used to have that exact same setup yeah they have one of those in uh the small theater in downtown downers grove where somebody plays the organ before the feature presentation they're trying it's that these older things are in vogue in the time that this film is actually being um is actually taking place and and one like final note i want to make about what i love about this film is the nature of the monster in that this is a film where detracting from like the whole vibe of like um of of, of horror porn of of of, of over excessive gore this is actually a return to a creature yeah. that stems from psychological like anxieties within the, right. the actual human experience yeah. like the 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 monster is supposed to symbolize the the inherent i mean it's it's sex and death yeah it, it, it's it's the yin and yang yeah and it's in no way to me the film is not anti-sex or anything no. like that but once you have it it will change you it, and it'll change the way you look at everybody else because right. that's the most personal thing you can do with somebody else so yeah. that's what i loved about it, is it, that it wasn't like a sex ed video mm-hmm. or anything like that but it does draw on those real life tropes of this event because that was her losing her virginity in yeah. the beginning of the film and will completely change your worldview. it's the right. intrinsic anxiety of adolescent sexual awakening and of of the lingering consequences of sexual assault. There, yeah, exactly. Like actions will have consequences, and when you're that young, they'll and you have adult consequences. Mm-hmm. It's just going to feel like a horror film to you, right? It's just yeah. Well, one more thing I would like to add before I let Alex go off on his tangent. He's just building up over there. Tangent. Um, one thing that I appreciated most about this film that I have kind of lost respect for horror films lately, more and more so. It doesn't go after the cheap scares that you yep. would have come to expect out of scary movies and like that's this. That's why I stay away from them. <laughs> right, which which like I I kind of mentioned it earlier, I wasn't even going to go see this earlier and and over the the course of the weekend I just was reading so many more reviews from people on how much they loved it. I finally just gave in to see it, but it does it does everything but go after the cheap jump scare moments right. and and um, Those movies are centered around the idea that what scares you is the thing that comes out of nowhere, right. complete whatever. Whereas this is like which, it's absolute bullshit, and right. this is a psychological thing. <laughs> right, this which is what's it, scaring you, what directly in right. front of you, and it feeds on what you legitimately could be scared of. Now, Alex, if I could tee you up for this fucking four hundred foot drive you're about to make on why you hate this movie so <laughs> nice much, golf reference, sir. <laughs> well. Sunburn on your neck shows off your, your your full day of golf. Hey, you know what? That's no, a he's good just thing. red because he hates this movie. Oh, <laughs> it's coming out. I've of had face. it all day because I did go golfing today, and I'm we we do live in Illinois, and the fact that I was able to go golfing in Illinois is fucking awesome. So, yeah. well, I was gonna say, as much as I love this movie, yeah. it is intriguing to me the response that it's getting because, as good as the first three quarters of this movie was. For somebody like Alex, went into this movie, not a horror fan, after seeing it, I, I'm i not surprised Alex didn't like this movie because it kind of does what horror films do for the most part. It's not anything too out of the box. and There's just a lot more subtext to this one than the, most horror movies these days. There, there are, but... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the floor to Alex yep. because it really doesn't do too much more... Go ahead. When you say you're surprised, and this is... I'm surprised in the reaction it's been receiving. It's, it's a little... Part of it for me is uh, there are two things that are kind of more broad about film in general that I wanted to start with. One was the effect that other people's opinions have on the general opinion. 
like we really only went to see this movie because so many people liked it so much. Tucson. Well, okay, (laughs) Tucson may have been the one person who went to the fucking music box theater in Chicago to go see it. Nah, it Uh, it was it was in Oswego. Okay, but what I'm saying is, if that was the only theater it came into, and it came in in April, and people thought this was just like an okay horror movie. I'm sure none of us would have seen it. We would have all gone living our lives fine. And it has gotten great reviews. At the same time, if you, I feel like reading between some of the lines of some of the reviews, I was a little thrown off by people going really deep into this story and looking hardcore at a lot of symbolism in this film. I feel like that's another one of the things about this movie that irks me a little bit is that there are opinions the strongest as this film is about STDs and another oh. that this film is about it's the obvious analogy, just passing well, on to somebody else. Well, and also the other major thought about the theme of this film was the moving from childhood to adulthood and losing your childhood innocence as you go into adult activities. I feel like having so much thought into the symbolism of this film I feel like you could almost say anything that is involved with teenage sex could be the symbolic reasoning for this film. I brought up a couple examples that I, I kind of would think of as something that could be symbolism that I feel like I could argue if I thought about it enough, whether it be teenage pregnancy, whether it be, how could it be teenage pregnancy? Why, why couldn't it be teenage pregnancy? Well, no, I, you, the burden of the proof is on you because you're saying that this is this okay. theory that could be proven. I, so I just want to know. I, 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 well, I will <laughs> attempt to prove it. Not not prove it because I'm not going to because I did not put that much thought into this oh, film. Oh, well, I thought you did. Okay, you said I, you. I did and I didn't because I thought about it, but I did not think about it as deep as someone who's writing a fucking thesis paper. What I'm saying, though, is that, okay, so we're saying people start out and there is an effect on males and females, whether it be from pregnancy. And if you look at this film, other than when we see the, the really only kill in this movie that you actually get to see live action happening happens to a male, which honest, and I guess it is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's at the hands of somebody who isn't the, the, they are it, but it is it in the form of this person's mother, which I feel like the parent's scolding of the male character is very involved with teenage pregnancy. Scolding him with her vagina. Okay. Oedipus complex, maybe? Who knows? I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain yeah. myself here a little yeah, bit, and you sorry. guys are just trying to shit all no, over no, everything. No, I'm, I was, and, I'm sorry. And also, too, all the other female characters, really we only see an effect happening on female characters throughout the film. Every female character is affected in some way in this group that we see. The male character, who is the main male, I guess we'd call him protagonist, is always trying to be a protector and keep everything calm during the situations and saying he will help. He will be the person who is going to help. He is willing to take the burden and I will be there for you and be the one who helps you with this. And every other female involved is the one who gets fucked over a little bit. So I'm just saying... There are different, if you shape your argument enough, you could make this film about so many different things where I feel like everyone is focused on two things that I I understand why the logical leap to AIDS and STDs, but I feel like there are times when that um, symbolism to me seems like a little bit of a reach that one person made and then another person thought about it and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And it's just a fucking ball that got rolling and now everybody is just proclaiming that to be what uh, it is. Alex, it's literally a sexually transmitted ailment. It's it's a it's a curse. It's a, it's a... Yeah, I don't... I still don't necessarily see where like where you could go off on too many tangents. I mean, I do think there's room for some theories, but like I still don't quite get the pregnancy thing. Yeah. For... In, I almost, in, in I, general, I think, I think Alec. I think you're overthinking this movie, right? Like, I, this I think, is your Prometheus now. It's not my Prometheus. <laughs> I honestly sat through this entire movie, and I I wanted to fucking like this. Yeah, I exactly. Sat there. It's your Prometheus. Well, that's, that's different though, because the fact that you didn't like it that had nothing to do with other people's theories. So why didn't you like it? Well, I'm saying I, I didn't like it. What is wrong with you? You are giving me... <laughs> you're about to explode like no, the fucking Hulk here. No, but tell me, because I want to know. I, I I know that you you don't just hate I, on movies. You I have, get what like, you're really trying to say, and I, if I can articulate okay. it. I think what you're trying to say is that there's too much of a blank canvas here for people to paint their own uh, picture, and not enough of a, I would say, like, maybe... Uh, 
a strong through line of one particular idea maybe right. that's what you're trying mm. to say well that I, I guess that is more i try i got a little obsessed with the pregnancy thing because it was the first example that i had on my sheet and then you guys were like well prove it and i tried to Why, do that I, even I'm though sorry. i wasn't really ready for that so thank you for that asshole i just thought anyways you'd... no it's okay it's fine i tried to and that's why i'm throwing you a bone here by trying thank to thank you very it. much you are such a nice gentleman with your little shirt on i do what i can okay your shirt is nice Thank you. Getting to more what I feel about this movie, and I, I will kind of answer to why I started off thinking that anybody who sees this movie and who actually really likes it, I thought that was the fucking dumbest thing I'd ever heard. I've come around a little bit on that. I've come around a little bit on that only because I thought more about this film and that this film is a piece of art more than anything. Let's say you went to the Louvre in Paris and you looked at the Mona Lisa you know what everybody's feelings on the Mona Lisa. Her eyes are always following you. Everybody sees something from different angles. Every- She's hot. Oh. It's a lot smaller than you'd think. It, it, it was a fucking huge disappointment when I went there. And hey, there, there was good like, things come in small packages. I guess so. Well, big is, things is that small is, beginnings. Is that your big line I, when you go no, on just first good dates? Things, not big things. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't whip that out until the third date. Oh, <laughs> I love the English language there. I, I don't know. Alex, I think, I think this is a case of... You didn't like it, and that's okay, because no. this movie, again, well, again, with this example that you're trying to explain your way out of, you're 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 going too in-depth, though. Fucking shots fired, man. No, no, no. no. I'm, dude, I'm defending you in the fact that if you don't like this movie, it's okay. It's a horror film. I know. I, I, There's I, no super crazy meaning behind it. I was it. trying to finish my analogy about the art, so if I could do that, that'd be great. Well, that's fine, Continue. but you guys derailed, so I was getting yeah. back on Can track. Can you stop interrupting him? Very sorry. So what I'm saying about the art metaphor... Let's just say you took a Rembrandt painting mm-hmm. and you scratched the Rembrandt name off the signature and you had fucking Joe Shamagan write his name on that. Oh, and I love you, Joe. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking great artist, right? And you put it in a museum and you took 100 people who had not ever seen a Rembrandt painting and put them in the room with the original. I and see put them And put them in the room with the, with, the, with the Rembrandt that has the Rembrandt name. It says Rembrandt. I would bet you almost anything that a large percentage of people who saw the Rembrandt would say, I fucking love that painting. And a large percentage of the people who saw the Joe fucking Schmo painting would say, well, that was shit. Well, guess I, what though? I want to poke a few holes on that. Um, how this, the guy who directed this does not have some kind of, it's not like it's Martin Scorsese directing this and everybody. It's would, not, but, but I feel like a lot of this film's, feelings by people is based on previous oh, interest in it. I previous, totally how see could there be previous interest if most of the critics that you probably read were people who probably went into it blind. Okay, but everybody... Also, once again, you're talking about other people's opinions and not about your own. What didn't you like about it? I'm trying to get more into the general perspective about... Of subjectivity in seeing yes. what you're seeing. Like, if, if this film... I, I, I see where you're coming at with this because this isn't... Taking away even from the the Rembrandt analogy, like I was reading an article about basically these art collectors who took IKEA brand like replicated statues and put them into an art gallery and mm-hmm. asked people how much they thought that those like statues were. And it's like, oh, it must be seventy million dollars or something like that. It was like they were not assessing the art itself; they were not seeing it on its own, but rather they were seeing it in the context alongside these other things. So you're saying what you're what you're trying to getting at is the subjectivity of the hype and of the of the acclaim of this film. You're saying that if it wasn't so much like incubated in this this almost maybe what you would refer to as maybe an echo chamber of fame of 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 acclaim, maybe people would not have as many favorable things and to I say. And I feel about like it. that's kind of where I'm going with this is yeah. that I when I sat through this movie, the movie I kept thinking about over and over again was M Night Shyamalan's The Happening. And I'm not saying Damn. Oh, okay, hold on. Good I'm boy. I'm not saying that this film did not have that's more damning, depth. Dude. Did not have more depth than The Happening did, but the same things happening over and over and I'm just somebody sitting trying to watch this horror movie. And I'm trying to take it for what it's worth. You're saying that I was overthinking it, and I I agree that when I'm trying to, I'm trying to make an argument against it. I over I overthought the movie, but I'm trying to sit there and enjoy what is supposed to be a stripped down horror movie. And I didn't get anything out of it. And basically, everyone says, "Oh man, I got all of this out of this film." And they're saying the reason that they liked it so much was this stripped down horror movie. Yeah. And 
but it, which is totally what? fine because there I, you're just saying that you, you you could not make that leap because of what was in front of you. But don't fine. discredit but what you know other what? people are saying. I, I'm not trying to discredit what other people are saying okay. necessarily. I, that's where I was kind of going with my art because the people who had their opinions, which is the critics who are the first people that we as the audience get to know what what they think. They are mm-hmm. the ones who see it first. Yeah, We get to know what their opinions are on it. And they are the first ones who saw this film. And naturally, they are going to shape, A, what the general public's opinion is of mm-hmm. it, and B, how popular a film could possibly become. Films become cult hits, not based on what the critics think, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like, especially with a genre like horror, and more specifically, a very much independently made $2 million horror film, if if someone says it's if enough people say it's good, I feel like people who go in thinking it's going to be just a regular old horror movie will be like, oh, that was kind of weird, but I guess it was good. And I, I feel like I just can't be that person because I felt like I was watching this movie and nothing was happening to me. Like they had these these things were happening, and some of the 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 monsters, mm-hmm. the best one being through the courtyard at the high school, yes, for sure, because you see it coming. You talk about that focus and that depth. You see the person coming towards the and the main character jay does not see it but you know it's coming and that is a great horror movie thing but for me for most the most of the rest of the film i wasn't i wasn't getting it. and the another thing that totally killed it for me is this is a terrifically shot and created horror film that gets chopped down by terrible cgi for no reason i I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. You know what? I mean, the CGI yeah, was only really a factor in, in the, the pool, climax, the pool right? scene. I mean, I thought that yeah. was the only. You know what? I, 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 I almost had, I had to hold back. We, we to saw smirk this... when, when the main guy character Paul hits the it, which he cannot see, with a chair, and then he gets flown backwards. I was like, "What the fuck?" Wait, are you, you talking okay. about the beach scene? Yeah, scene yeah, I thought the, that yeah. actually looked pretty yeah, good I for thought, a low budget. Right. Like the pool scene, I'll give you was not great. I'm helping my knee. That was um. Like the CGI hair blower. Yeah, that was terrible. No, which I agree with. But that doesn't also, I mean, you know, it's while yes, you should hold movies up to a certain standard, that doesn't necessarily think, mean that the movie itself failed at what it's trying to do because it's not trying to be a, it's not trying to be gravity. It's it's trying to be a well-told horror story. And I which... understand that, but for me, when I'm going into a story like this, and this has a lot to do with my personal yeah. view on films and movies, which is totally fine. And again. I've come around on me being angry that other people like this, and I've accepted why they do. I've I've reached acceptance, just like Tusante so. with Prometheus. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I, I just could not get on board. And I, I guess where I'm talking about the CGI for me really pulling it out is this is a wonderfully shot, beautiful. I mean, the scene when Jay is driving the car trying to escape it, and she goes pummeling through a fucking cornfield. That was one of the most beautiful scenes in any film I've seen in the last two years. But when you get to a scene at the end with bad CGI, why? There's no point well, to it. Why? Because they literally couldn't afford better CGI. But that's oh, just a practical thing. I don't okay, think but, it was immersion breaking. It was it was like bare bones. But right. well, the best thing that this film did actually to combat the admittedly shitty CGI, which I grant you, mm-hmm. is that it, because it was playing with deep focus, it never had to put the special effects right front and center because the horror of what is happening is still on display, not the actual effects. And maybe that's because I'm a fucking shallow person who has gotten to a point in my lifetime hey, where... That, that's my job on this show. Hey, that's what, my job. <laughs> I, I've gotten to the point where if you're going to do CGI, you better fucking do it right because if you if you can't do it right at this point, then well, you then, fucking like, better... We wouldn't no, have don't. CGI in so many movies because a lot of films can't. I would rather see this film, that scene... First of all, just don't do the pool scene. Do it some other way. Right. And I, 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 I see, just feel I'm like... I'm with you on that one because we watched this in the theater yeah. and I feel like sitting next to you, you were on board for the first hour of this movie I, I was more trying to like it and then i was just like eh. well and, I, and and the end is is really i, I just because i agree I'm, with you yeah. i wasn't a fan of the pool scene yeah and i feel like towards the end of this movie it started kind of looping around itself and and, and i want trying to which say is, the same which, thing over and over which again. is the point of the plot is that it's supposed to always be continuing there's never ending to this cycle but it did such a great job until the end i want to bring up the the biggest flaw in that pool scene and i want to bring up something that apparently i'm going to bring up every single episode so i apologize that's okay but uh paul verhoven 
made a little film. I love Paul Verhoeven. Troopers. I do. Speaking nope. of the table rising, now Nick's fucking nope, rising at the table with his Paul Verhoeven boner. Okay, that's, Paul Verhoeven boner. That's great. I said Verhoeven. Yes. Wow, that's good. Explain it one more time. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, like you were saying. But he made the film Hollow Man in 2001, and that is literally about an invisible person, which obviously this kind of was. I mean, that wasn't the exact monster, but that was at play. And the climax of that movie is the exact same thing. That's what's happening in the pool scene, except it, that movie was made like 14 years ago and it has way better CGI. So I agree that the CGI in this is not good at all, but it was also such a small fraction of what the movie is right. trying mm-hmm. to do right. and what makes the movie good. Like, and I understand that, but this is a stripped down bare bones horror movie and if you're going to have CGI in it, you better fucking do it right, in my opinion. But not, that, like, like, not that makes they, no sense. Not if like they that, couldn't afford it. Why, why? Right. Like, okay, that's a weird thing to hold against. Do something with physical Yeah, effects. but Alex, this wasn't wide-released. It wasn't intended right, to be. Right, this wasn't even wasn't, supposed to. But it, okay. it got this Alex's way because retort. so many people liked it. Like, it should... Okay, let, let's go. Let's go just just for a second. Okay, let's go to a very much even more stripped down movie, which was last year's science fiction movie Coherence. Mm-hmm. If yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know you love that one. Yeah, it was your number one movie from last year, was it not? Oh, it was. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me just bring this up. If the final climax of that film included a scene with bad CGI. Wouldn't you be a little bit like, why was that there? You had the rest of the movie, and you committed to having the rest of the film in this. And it, it, not that it looks cheaply done, but they are going for the rest of the film with what they have, and then all of a sudden, half of your budget gets spent on this stupid CGI scene that has no real bearing on the actual story. But I mean, Alex, that's where that's... you and I differ, because it wouldn't bother me so long as it was just a fraction, and it was necessary by the plot. Now, what what's, what's bad about what's happening, and I agree, in... It follows, because it's my one biggest gripe, is that the climax itself is just uninteresting. So when you mix it with bad CGI, then it becomes uh, just, you know, even more apparent that they're pulling at the seams. So I agree with you. It is bad CGI, and that climax as a whole just does not work that well. But I, I feel like you're channeling... Besides that one scene, I guess I'm trying... So, okay, if we... Remove that CGI and that climax. What didn't? You, what were there other things? That, I mean, did you hate the performances? Did you hate the? I didn't. I didn't hate the performances. I wasn't expecting anything because I had never heard of it. Because there's like ninety more minutes to talk about besides that, like last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm that's just true. like. So I'm just wondering how that scene basically derailed your entire. Okay, let, so let's if we're we're wanting to pick out different parts of this film that's to talk true. about. Let's talk about probably the longest sequence where the uh, older character named Greg, mm-hmm. who is the first person that she actually lets herself give it to, because you can yep. tell, and this is not looking too far into it, I think, that she, even if she's not expressing it, kind of goes over this feeling of, if if I do pass it on, I'm just continuing the fucking trend here. Right. So she's kind of having that inner turmoil so when she finally kind of breaks at the point where I can't take this anymore, either I'm going to commit suicide or I have to try to take this burden off of me. That's where the longest scene, I, I wouldn't call it just a sole scene, but when they go on the trip to the house where the original person who gave it to her, which mm-hmm. was Hugh, and then they go to the beach, that whole scene for me, I, I just feel like that whole process seemed so just dry to me. I, it just did not interest me whatsoever in terms of the story that was being told and the performances were fine. I, I feel like that's something that you have to have previous feelings on the people who are in the film. I had never heard of any of the actors who were in this film. So I'm, I'm giving them the benefit See, of the doubt. Okay. I like the scene on the beach because it was the first time that it had approached her in a way that she couldn't see coming. Yeah, that was a inversion of right. what was already happening in the film. Okay, and I know this is just a plot device, and we need to make it to the end of the climax of the film, but the only other time we see it involved in the story is when it... And we, like, the only time we actually ever see it kill in this movie is when it kills Greg. So why would this thing that is it, that if it catches you, it's going to fucking maul you to death... Why would it pick up her hair and then step away? So, and I know that's looking too deep into it, it, and it's just a plot device. It didn't, though. It didn't step away. It pulled her hair up and tried to attack her. And and it got hit by a chair, and then it force pushed the the kid off off screen. I mean, to 
ask why a monster that's already walks at like one mile per hour <laughs> across <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's the fucking tortoise of monsters no, I'm just saying man. like to ask why it would then just do that when it's already exhibiting behavior of mm. a zombie like creature right. um, it's just kind of diff- besides the point why would that 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 creature try to open a door without a key and then just like <laughs> I love I the one thing I love about true. about the the interchanging um, performances because we have uh, Jay's friend like that that actress she actually plays as the creature on the beach in one scene and we have Greg play as the the guy who plays Greg as the creature like when it's coming after Greg and what I love about the creature is that the direction of that creature's body language sets it apart from every other character because you see him trying to like open the door even though we know that you can't open a door in the dead of night without a key or anything like that especially if it's not your house and then the way he just picks up a rock and he doesn't even throw his like body into it. He just uses his arm like some fucking action figure. He's very immobile. Very immobile. Yeah. And he just like slips in. And I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. And what we were talking about earlier, Nick, about this being, or I don't, maybe it was you or Tucson who mentioned this, is this is a, it's supposed to be like a real life place, Detroit. It's real, but it's a definite alternate universe. Dreamscape Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Because that was another thing I had with this film is that, I feel like almost every horror movie, eventually law enforcement gets involved somehow because it's the general next step that um, somebody's trying to fucking kill me. And I and I feel like at this point, other than the one scene when we see a one solemn police car in a in the neighbor's driveway after the kid was murdered there, and it's just the car's just sitting there, and we see the window boarded up that it went through. There, there's no like logic. Why, Pol- police presence. Police presence yeah. is absent because they chose not to go to the police when they found out the kid's name. Is like, do you want to tell the cops? Yeah. And they're like, no. They wanted to solve it but on their own. Th- th- this and, this and girl's early, been at the hospital er- twice in two weeks. With on, okay, wait a minute. And, you are okay. This er- is where I will say you. I think you're looking way too far into this because <laughs> law enforcement in any horror film is completely futile. Like right. they yeah. are literally the they are the victims of anything because they have no idea what they're actually up against and they're they're just completely pointless. So if this anything I was just glad that they sidestepped that entire mm. thing instead of trying to in- forcefully include it. I mean I, I will say this movie would have sucked had the police gotten involved twenty <laughs> minutes in. Yeah. It would have been the end of the movie. Yeah they place emphasis on the true story here, and, which and is this coming of age parable. Tying back to the 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 traumas and the consequences of like of adole- adolescent sexual assault. We even have a scene after after she gets dropped off and she's like wrapped in a blanket. And it's like, was it consensual? What, one great thing about this movie is actually adults are like they don't exist in this movie. Yeah, they're almost like, like peanuts characters. Yes, they're, they're exactly. Wah, wah. They're just off on their own thing, and it's, this is a this is the children's universe, and that's exactly when you're that age. That's that's how you see the world. That's anyway. your yeah. Because adults don't mean anything to you, and they could never possibly help you. And the one time we d- most see an adult is when uh, it's a mother raping her son because she's the form of the monster. So, like, I don't know. I guess to to include the adults would have just completely got way offside of like what the. Uh, you know what this movie was trying to do and, and I would agree with you on that too but at the same time I I don't know I just just for me there was just too many logical things that I just well, my, my, my brain when, instead of thinking about how much I'm enjoying this film my brain is just like this is kind of stupid so let me pull coal and well, this 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 and even if it's not a, a valid hole which is totally possible I just I don't it's know. for that reason Alex you're not a horror fan and that's fine and, and that's... Like, I'm not a horror fan because I don't like to be, like, I don't like jump scares. But I'm totally horror, sci-fi, fantasy. You have to go with something. Like, yeah, you gotta... And what's great about this movie compared to a movie like Chappie is that this movie, we literally get a scene where one character explains how this works. And then the movie follows that through. Like, right. So yeah. it, it doesn't keep trying to pull things out of his hat just to surprise the audience. It actually tries to tell a well-nuanced story within the horror genre. And my favorite thing about this film is essentially that sometimes I think, myself included, I'm, uh, I'll say this up front, but I use, and some people use horror film as like a pejorative, you know. Yeah. But because of the word horror comes before film, and that's how a lot of these horror films come about. Like, they just put the horror in first, I and mean, they don't think about it. What I loved about this is that this felt like a film first and a horror movie second because it was way more interested in telling the story, having, I thought, gripping characters and, a, and some great thematic uh, material to mine from. And then there's this backdrop of, uh, of a horror show going on. 
All right. I, I think we've gone over a lot of stuff, and I'm we're gonna do ratings right now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a little bit of an audible. I'm gonna give my rating first because I want to say that this is a show, and it's not just all about one person and the three of you like this film and I did not. So I want you to be able to give more about things that you liked about this movie because you are the majority, but I will go first and just reiterate what a couple a of the points. Fucking gentlemen. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be, it's kind of like a little bit like the asshole thing. Like, Oh, I'll go first just to let you guys win. But still, I fucking you just want to end the episode on a positive note. Well, that, that would be a good way to put it. I, Nick, you are so smart. Oh, come on. So you're going to run out and buy it and watch I it at Halloween. Probably I am. never see this movie again. Um, I'm, I'm actually... Go- this is coming from the guy who saw Chappie twice. <laughs> that is. But you know what? I, try, I, I wanted to confirm myself, my thoughts, that I thought it was bad. And I went, and I did. So there Just, we go. That's so, okay. I don't need confirmation on this one. So, I, I, okay. I, I don't like it. I'm going to move my rating up a half star because I've... I've I've allowed you to sway me on certain aspects of this film. I'm going to give it two out of five instead okay. of nice my work. original nice work, one and a half. I still have lots of problems with this film for me personally because as a film viewer and the way I perceive things, this film did nothing for me when it comes to the story, when it comes to the meaning behind it. I I went into this movie wanting to be dazzled because of the previous things I had seen about this and read about this film and I wanted to be prepared to be shown a terrific film and for me it didn't happen and I I hope I've done a decent job explaining some of my things I know I probably could have given better examples um, and done my pregnancy argument a little better but at the same time um, I loved the score of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the cinematography. It's beautiful. And when you consider what you saw said earlier, Toussaint about disaster piece, mm-hmm. n- having to put this together in such a short time period and this film having a $2 million budget, which in this day and age, if you were able to put together a full length feature film in under $2 million and it doesn't turn out to be a total fuck job, mm-hmm. then you need to get praise for that. So right. two out of five for me, I brought it up half star, and I will give Nick the table. Yeah, well, I've pretty much already said everything. I it's I loved it. Um, I pretty much love everything about this movie except for the the way the climax is handled. Um, but in general, like you said, the score is amazing. The visuals are amazing. I want to see more horror films like this. Yeah. Not so much that I want to see films emulate what this film is doing, but I want to see less of a reliance. You don't want to see an It Follows 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7? There's no reason to. No, Where we find out the origin of It. Yeah. But there was no reason for a paranormal activity to either. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully this isn't a property because it is now owned by the Weinsteins. Oh, so. God, no. Yeah, um, but as I was saying, I... I, I want to see more horror films like this because I want to see more horror films stop relying on just jump scares and actually try to come up with original ideas. Because I do think that, I think even Alex might even agree that this is quite unique, even if it's boring or something like that. Like, this isn't your standard, typical horror film these days where we just, we have a very, you know, very, I would say like... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to say something? No, I, I I wanted to go somewhere, which is something I wanted to bring up that actually I would say in support of this film, because that is yep. something I would agree with. Something I always say about rock music, because it is a genre that has pretty much been in the sort of crapper for the last, I would say, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And there have been good music, but there has not been anything great that has consistently paradigm been paradigm shifting out. speak yeah. for yourself chief okay that's for yourself well i think if you looked at well whatever we that's a whole different yeah where show, are we going with this show on a different that's not about films but what i was going to about music is that i feel like rock bands are always striving to create something that is new and different but is the same is mm-hmm. the last thing they brought out there yeah. it's a constant struggle to bring something new at the same time, making it feel like something the viewer has already or the listener has heard before or seen before. Moving the discourse of experimentation forward while at the same time keeping to the roots that made it right. You, good. You, you want to push, but you don't want to push too far. Right. But at the same time, it has to be different than what the listener or viewer wants. I feel like this film does that. You've got to take that leap, man. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel like anything for me that is groundbreaking in terms of some great no. story that's being told. But at the same time, it is original and unique. Mm. This 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, wow, <laughs> we agreed on something about this. Woo, high five! All right, there we yeah. go. <laughs> um, you can do better than that. Okay. Come on, there yeah. we go. Um, <laughs> but as I was saying, I, 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 like I said, I love everything about this except for that climax. Um, but every individual element here at play is just fantastic, and because of that, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, this is the first pure horror film that I've seen in the theaters in maybe a decade. I've seen a few horror comedies like uh, um, what do I want to say? Cabin in the Woods, uh, Scream movies and like um, what, uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. I love that movie. All films that I absolutely love but they, they're way more of like an actual balance. They're, they're being funny and scary at the same time. This is the first pure horror film that I was not only interested in seeing, but I flat out loved. So because of that, and it's, I'm not even the target audience, I have to give this at least four out of five stars, and I loved it. Very good. Tucson? All right. So throughout this entire uh, review, I've either been nodding affirmatively with Kenny and with Nick, or nodding understandably with Alex about his his gripes and his own critiques of the film. I will admit this film is not groundbreaking. It's it's not aspiring to be groundbreaking. If anything, it's trying to resurrect what made old horror films good mm-hmm. and what they did mm-hmm. well. And I think in my opinion that they execute this director executed on that near flawlessly. I can understand Alex not liking this film because this is sort of a a niche throwback to that same type of vibe. It's, it's very understated. It's a very understated film. And like he was talking about subjectivity, you're going to go into it and maybe you will see the, um, the, 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 the pregnancy analogies. Maybe you will see the analogies to, um, uh, of, of, of the traumas of sexual assault. Maybe you will see those, those lingering moments of, of the, anxiety that comes from like adolescent sexual awakening awakening i know that i sure did even if alex did and both of those readings are okay but i think even divorced from that divorced from just the the psychological like id underpinnings of this of this monster of this it i thought this was a um a tense suspenseful intriguing and gratifying movie experience that even though admitting along with all the others that I'm not the largest horror fan. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of like the sound direction and the the origins of the horror like genre. I feel like this was a this is not a film that I feel like is a riff off of Carpenter or of Cronenberg. I feel like this is a film that deserves to stand alongside as their contemporary as a contemporary contemporary. Very good. So I will give this film a four out of five. Very well put, sir. I very much enjoyed that. So I'm, I'm said it perfectly. Yeah. Kenny, give us our final rating for this, uh, for the, for it follows. Well, that actually happens to be the same score. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Ah, uh, you guys would have put it on the hit list if it wasn't for me. That's no, okay. That's <laughs> uh, okay. But, um, this, this, it just, everything about it from the throwback feel to the, gratification of the suspense that came along with not being the cheesy shock factor and and all of that it's it's just this was a really good horror it's a film damn I said, good film man. right it was and, and i said it before it's one of the best i've seen in a while although it did kind of stumble and trip over itself a little bit at the end i can whatever i can live with that um this to me in my eyes if this doesn't get picked up and turned into some kind of Halloween attraction, because I'm into that stuff around Halloween time, it's going to be a travesty because this is made for that kind of stuff. And if it did, I could see this getting picked up for a sequel. I hope to God it isn't. Dude, I, 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 I'm not saying I want to see that, but oh I'm just saying God, the vibe of it. I don't think it would. Uh, no. One of the things that literally I had in my mind the minute I walked out of a theater is a question, which is what more would I want from a horror film than what this film Well, you me? see another teenager who was along the spider web of people who have it, and they have to hunt down the origins Ooh. of it, and they find out it's in the bayous. Okay, well, now you're Dude, selling me. that's going into, like, the fourth movie of this. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. This story does not need to be told anymore. I'm just saying if it was picked up and made even more popular, they would probably capitalize on it. But that being said, this when Halloween rolls around, I for sure am going to want to watch this again. Yep. 
I'm going to recommend it to anybody I know who's a horror fan. Anybody who's not a horror fan, though, I'm not going to defend this and say it's the game changer that's going to change your mind. It's absolutely not. Because, Alex, I'm not surprised at all in your reaction to this. But that being said, I give it a 4 out of 5. I love it. I suggest it. And, yeah, go see it. Um, as we're bringing this episode to the close, I'm, I'm interested just to take a quick second to mention about I, I brought up the sequel factor. I feel like every horror movie, for the most part, it, it's not made to have sequels, but if one of them sticks, it's always the genre that it gets made because it's a hard genre to crack interest. And once they find something that does interest an audience, they're going to keep going back to the well over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that Saw, which is the, the first Saw movie, which I love as a horror movie for different reasons than I would like this movie if I did like it. But that film had an obvious ending to a continuation to a sequel if it wanted to. But after the third one, they would have ended it. But I, I, I just feel like, unfortunately, sometimes the filmmakers in this day and age cannot fucking help themselves when it comes to the horror genre. I have Look my, at the grudge, for God's sake. I have my own thoughts about why people like the Saw franchise outside of just the gore. And I don't know if we should save that for like another yeah, episode. Yeah, I think uh, or... we should definitely save it considering I fucking love the Saw movies and I will talk about <laughs> them too. for hours. <laughs> me too. I guess we're going to be having an episode one of these days on the yeah, Saw movies. Yeah, and we Please can... don't make me watch them all over again. Oh, we, can, we can spend the whole episode, since Nick loves them, we can spend the whole episode talking about Saw 5. That's the greatest one of all. <laughs> oh my God. Well, on that note, I think we're going to bring this uh, bonus episode to a close. Thank you very much to everybody for uh, listening. I uh, didn't mention at the beginning, but you can find us on uh, filmtankshow.com. Uh, you can also email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, just search for Film Tank and uh, we'll come up. And you can rate and review our episodes on there. And we would absolutely love it if you did that because. Uh, Still waiting for our first rating on there, so it'd be nice to get one. <laughs> and uh, also, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Film Tank Show. For Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, and Kenny Marcellus, I am Alex Diekman. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, and we'll catch up with you next time. <laughs>